Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your Game Master. This week, I am proud to bring you the indie classic, Dogs in the Vineyard. Dogs is a gothic horror western focused on earlier Mormon settlers of Utah. Playing with the themes of faith, perseverance, and justice, Dogs was a thoughtful and innovative game that is still teaching people about design today. It was designed by Vincent Baker, who you might recognize from Apocalypse World. In order to open up this modern classic to a new audience, we decided to take on this project as seriously as we could. There are definitely going to be fewer laughs in this series, and serious discussions of faith. If that's not the sort of thing you dig, you've been warned at the door. Before we get to the show, I want to remind all of our listeners that coming up on February 26th, One Shot will be streaming The Dungeon Dome. This is a live streaming Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition gladiatorial event. Four teams of two will be made to compete in the Dungeon Dome Tag Team Championship. To promote the event, we are publishing two promos for the Dungeon Dome in this episode. One in the middle and one at the end after the credits. If you want to catch the Dungeon Dome, be sure to head over to twitch.tv slash oneshotrpg and subscribe to our channel. You can also head over to the OneShot Facebook group and join the event for the Dungeon Dome to receive a reminder. On February 20th, we'll be releasing new t-shirts in the OneShot Public store so heroes can support their favorite teams heading into the event. Also, be sure to watch at OneShotRPG on Twitter, as I'll be tweeting out SoundCloud links to longer cuts of the promos throughout the week. Once again, the Dungeon Dome will be streaming live February 26th, starting at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can watch and be part of the show by joining us at twitch.tv slash oneshotrpg. Speaking of Twitch, this Wednesday, we're going to be streaming a new party game on Twitch. Be sure to join us Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time as we play Greenlight, designed by friends of the show, Eric Algren and Megan Pedersen. Once again, you can join us for Greenlight at twitch.tv slash oneshotrpg at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on Wednesday. Before we get to our episode, I have to take a moment and thank our Patreon backers. The One Shot Network is supported by heroes like you who have headed to patreon.com slash oneshotpodcast and signed up to give us a small amount of money each month. That helps us do things like build new studios, attend conventions, add new voices to our network, and live above the poverty line. If you like what you hear on the show and you want to support us, please head over to Patreon and make a small donation. Doing something like $5 a month helps the network immeasurably. And it rewards you with access to our secret archive. Hours of one-shot audio that you can't get anywhere else. Thanks again to everyone who supports us already and everyone who's going to join us later. And with all that out of the way, let's get to the show. All right, heroes, let's meet our party for this week. First up, a voice that's familiar to you, Allie Grauer. What's up? Allie, welcome back. Thank you. I'm really happy to be back. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Uh, I have been looking forward to playing this game for a super long time. And uh, actually, since I I met uh, you guys, I've been looking forward to playing this with you. Before we dive into the game, what projects would you want people to know about? Well, there's a couple things going on. Um, on my blog, which is dreamstobecome.com, um, my husband, Drew, here, who you'll meet in a moment. Well, you acknowledged, yeah. We, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing the Disney Odyssey, where we, we started watching with Snow White, and we've been watching each of the animated feature films from the Disney canon in chronological order from their release dates. 
So we've just hit the Disney Renaissance now, but you can head on back and check out all of the previous posts. And what's more is we do hilarious audio commentary, which is available currently through my Patreon page. So if you jump on that bandwagon, you get all kinds of good stuff. If they wanted to find your Patreon, where where would that? Do you know the Patreon? Yeah, it is patreon.com slash Allison Grauer, A-L-Y-S-O-N-G-R-A-U-E-R. All right. And before we introduce your character, I want to jump over to our other player for this week, and that is Drew Mershieski. Yes, that's exactly correct. Oh, I nailed it. Yeah, and I nailed it Swish. because I wrote it down phonetically before the game. I do it every day, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. Now, Drew, we were talking about projects that, that you might want to uh, promote mm-hmm. on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about how before you made it very clear that you and Allie are married and yes. Allie is your wife. So I just want... All the listeners to acknowledge, you've locked that down. I've locked that down. Yeah, that's right. uh, that is that's in a hard lock uh, right now. <laughs> it's it is very important to me that that that's important, and I say that I don't, I don't know why. I'm very proud of of Allie. I don't know why either. I don't know what what. what that's you what about? you just said. You said you didn't know. I why. don't know why I'm proud of you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. I'm, I don't. You mean heard that. it right. This is I, like a one shot show introduction is the reverse of wedding vows. <laughs> so this we've is just undone everything. Just, yeah. It's just, oh, we got to get married again. Well, okay. the other thing too is that all, almost all of the creative projects that I do are the same creative projects that Drew does. Yeah, like, I we ride do your a lot wagon. Of, like, no, that's not it. We do a lot of collaboration. <laughs> no, it's true. We do. A number do. of the other projects that Patreon's uh, patrons on my page uh, get access to, a lot of fiction projects that I work on, um, are also co-created by Drew. So we do a lot of work together. Yeah, it's a it's a husband-wife team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a wife-husband team. No, yeah, it's totally a wife-husband team. <laughs> I... I it, Funny story, real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my family met Allie for the very first time. Uh, we went out to Wyoming, uh, where my family's from, which is you know important about this game as well. Yeah, it's relevant. Uh, relevant. And so we went out there, and uh, my entire family came over to me and said, who is this beautiful girl, and how did you force her to marry you? <laughs> um, my uncle flat out looked at me and said, like, there's no way you could have gotten this girl. How did this happen? Um, <laughs> they kept saying, did what you, did he do to you? What did you do? What did I you said do? nothing. Did I miss something? What what's going on? So so no, I, I definitely married up. That's uh, that's the truth here. But, but yeah, um, all of our projects are, are stuff we do. We collaborate and do together, and mm-hmm. it's it's a wife husband team. It's great. So if you like what you hear from Allie and Drew, yeah. uh, head over to Dreams to Become. Check out the Disney Odyssey. Um, and if you are so moved and you like their writing, uh, head over to the Patreon. Uh, patreon.com slash Allison Grauer, uh, mm-hmm. to check out the various fiction projects that you can summon forth with money. Magic. You mm. can create art mm-hmm. using dollars. It makes you feel very powerful. Yeah, it does, actually. I never thought of it that way. That's mm-hmm. awesome. The hours that you waste away at your day job that you hate can transform into art. What's more beautiful than that? That's really poetic. That's magic, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so, speaking of magic <laughs> and other forbidden things, uh, <laughs> we are about to play Dogs in the Vineyard, which is a classic uh, indie role-playing game. One of the first breakaway games of the 2000s that kicked off... Just a huge amount of innovation and excitement in the tabletop role-playing community. Um, Dogs is a Western, 
and it is a Western that focuses on Mormons. It's like an interesting fantasy setting because it's all it all takes place in Utah and it's got the same sort of desperation and harsh environments that you would expect from any Western. But obviously, this is a wholesome group of people who won't touch uh, caffeine, let alone alcohol, uh, which is like a huge driving force of many Westerns. Um, so instead- And many fantasies. Oh, it's true, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. when, when you think of th- this uh, sort of sucks away the- you meet in a tavern and the wizard gives you a quest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's challenging a lot of uh, popular notions about role-playing games and, and the stories that we tell at the table. And it really grounds it in, uh, you know, sin and righteousness and judgment. And judgment, I think, is at the core of this game. Um mm-hmm. And it's a game that really asks you to make a lot of judgments. Yeah. So I want to hear from you guys. Uh, what what characters did you create for this? Uh, it does say at the character creation, uh, you want to do it together at the mm-hmm. table. Uh, so I have sort of had people off mic just do all the boring numbers stuff. And we'll establish things like their relationships and their equipment on mic so that we can talk through it together and you guys can be part of that process. Yeah. Um, so I chose, uh, for starters, the first step is choosing a background. Um, and I chose a well-rounded background, which means that I sort of have an even start in all of the different characteristic areas. Um, a well-rounded background is a straightforward character, someone who's balanced and effective. Um, so I chose that. And uh, my character's name is Soraya Hester Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice, Very simple nice. name. Mm-hmm. Very simple. Um, do you want me to talk about the stats or? Um, so I like we we can go over stats um, like just down the line real quick. I'm sure there are going to be people who are dogs fans who will care about Very interesting. that. Interesting. Okay, so for stats, I have acuity seventy six. Oh man. Um, <laughs> heart four d six, body three d six, and will two d six. And for those who are not familiar with the dog system, acuity, it's sort of like skill. Um, it's ability to take on complex problems. Uh, so you can do it for both mental and physical things. Mm-hmm. Um, body is, you know, raw strength and endurance. Uh, heart is sort of interpersonal based. It's, it's very similar to charisma, but it relates more to compassion uh, mm-hmm. than anything else. And will is, of course, your sheer force of will um, that helps you uh, conquer many obstacles. And with those two, with a combination of any two of those traits, you handle any problem that is presented to you in dogs. Um, so with those stats out of the way, uh, where we start really getting a breakaway and, uh, interesting character is the traits. What traits did you select? So I, uh, was taking a look at some of the guidelines and some of the suggestions for traits, um, and just came up with a couple here, but I'm flexible on if we want to change things, of course. Um, I picked keen on animals. Um, that's a 1d8. Ooh, um, mm, very nice. I'm scared of violent confrontation which is a 1d4. Interesting. I'm a dog, so I'm that's one of the traits they recommend you choose if you are playing a dog in Dogs in the Vineyard. Um, that's a 2d6. Uh, I'm better at reading people than words, and that's a 2d6. And uh, the last one, I'm not sure on the wording of, so let me know what you think. Um, sweet-faced and underestimated. 
Oh, oh. okay. I know. You know what? I think I am okay with that wording. Okay. I feel like it expresses what it's trying to get across pretty well. I wasn't sure if I was cramming like three things into one trait or not. Well, that's that's fate speaking. That's fate speaking. Okay. Um, so sweet-faced and underestimated is the final trait, and it's 1d8. Yeah. Well, way to power game dogs in the vineyard. Let's all pack it in. <laughs> throw the sun at the enemy or mm. whatever. Whatever. Um, Drew, let, let's move on to your character. Uh, who are you going to be playing for okay. us this week? I'm going to be playing the character uh, Benjamin P. Pettigrove. Ooh. Um, he has a complicated history. He sounds complicated. He yeah, sounds like a rich prospector. That's <laughs> If I were going to give a Benjamin P. Pettigrove, he would be like a rich person who like owns a town and the town's have <laughs> to put future. on a show. That's, eventually. Maybe that's the, the epilogue. It's really, it's really interesting. Um, in actual uh, LDS culture, um, there's a lot of weird names that Tons go around, particularly with like some of the early early members of the church. Oh yeah, I, I'm actually maybe we oh, yeah. should take the time to point out. Um, oh, yeah. We one of the reasons that I chose you guys to play with is is you are the only Mormon couple that I know. <laughs> are we the only couple? Um, you know, uh, th- maybe maybe not. Maybe if not. the others, it might have hidden it very well. Possibly. <laughs> um, We're yeah. very overt being. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we are. We are Mormon. Um, yeah, and this is sort of like a romanticized like. I don't know how I I don't know if romanticized is the right word, but it is like very much a study of frontier culture mm-hmm. through a Mormon lens. Yeah. Yes, yes, it's really fascinating. Like I spent a lot of my my youth out west. Like I've driven through Utah, and I actually did my my Mormon mission in Idaho. Um, so like I, I I've been out there a lot. Um, and what's what's funny when it comes to like names and stuff like that? Uh, some of the early members of the church they had names like Newell K. Whitney, and there were a bunch of guys with last name of Knight from Coville, so they were like known as the Knights of Coville. Um, <laughs> uh, but like names like like Hiram Smith and Parley P. Pratt and like Brigham Young, oh, Brigham Young Brigham like all Young. the like uh, George Q. Cannon, yeah. Um, J. Golden Kimball is one of my uh, favorites. Mormons are real big on middle initials. Too. Oh yes, it's oh, yes. very important it, to have a middle initial. Yes, if you're going to end up being like a general authority or something like that, you need a middle initial. But uh, so so Benjamin P. Pettigrove um, is what I'm going to go with. He's got a complicated history, which they say uh, in the game if you use if you want to uh, play a convert. So I'm going to play a convert, hmm. um, hmm. convert to the church. He's got an acuity of 2d6. Um, he's got a body of 6d6, a heart of 2d6, and a will of 5d6. Hmm. Um, Benjamin. Ben's a, not a terribly brat person, but he's a very big. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my traits are um, lumberjacking is in my blood. Wow. Ooh, Two loving D6. that. Um, I got my fiery temper from Ma. That's a 2D4. I got my strength from Pa, 1D10. I'm going to try real hard not to kill you. Uh, that's <laughs> 2D4. And I die for this faith and my fellow dogs, mm. 1D10. Ooh, nice. love that. Okay, so already we have a real picture of these two. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you've, you've got somebody over here who I feel like plays it by the books, and mm-hmm. we've got a loose cannon, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, who does not play by the rule. He's never even read the book. No, what book? <laughs> well, it's this book here. I haven't read it, but <laughs> I hear it's very nice. It's a but good. I know what it says. Okay, know, it's been told to me what it says, and it's very <laughs> important that you should read this, possibly to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so with that, like those are sort of the baseline establishing traits. And I think with your traits, you guys have painted a pretty good picture of who you are. One thing I want you guys to do, you've got relationship dice mm-hmm. down there. Um, I want you each to create one relationship. Um, they recommend that you leave most of your relationship dice open so that you can add them to people in the town as you meet folks in the town. Okay. Should we have? Should we build one in for each other? Or uh, is that you know what? Necessary? I think that would be nice. Okay. I, I like. Okay. I feel like there are definitely circumstances that could come up where you guys um, have that. Uh, you know, have to roll because someone's in a fight and you have to shoot a gun to stop it or something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. So we assign these uh, using, like, just, like, 1d6 or... Yeah, you can do 1d6. You can use as many of the dice as you want. If you wanted, you could make your relationship to each other, like, a 4d6 thing, and Mm. you guys have been partners for years, and that is the most important thing to you Mm -hmm. is the partnership that you share. Uh, Or you can go 1d6, you know, like... I travel around with this person. I have to have their back. Oh, but, yeah. Okay. So know. that's a good way of putting it, that, like, the more dice are assigned to it, right, the more important it is. Exactly. Okay. Because that that's the more powerful it is when you invoke it, when you put it at risk, you know? Okay. I got one. For me or for no, someone no, else? No, no, for, oh, okay. for someone else. I, I'd like to put one with you. Yeah, I think that, we should. We should. Do you want to do a 1d6 or, like, a 2d6 or... Or asymmetrical. Ooh, one person yeah. is oh. more invested in it yeah, than the, the other... other. What do you think? That would be really interesting to play. Um, I feel, if anything, Ben is is more reliant on you than than anything, particularly for like guidance. <laughs> what are we supposed to do? I'm gonna put one d6 down um, for my brother Jimmy, my only living relative. What was your last name again? Pettigrove. We are from Oregon. I have a question here, James. Um, Shoot. At, at some point, or not at all, are we going to talk about how one in this world becomes a dog or is called to be a dog? Um, so we could talk about that. I don't know the answer offhand. Oh, okay. Um, I was just wondering if that was significant. So it says in the book mm-hmm. um, that becoming a dog is quite important. Um, it's something that you as a child would have been groomed to do or like the, uh, I think they call them stewards instead of bishops. Mm -hmm. Uh, your, your congregation steward would be like, he could, or she could be a dog eventually. Let's put them to the side and groom them to do that job eventually. And then once you decide or you feel the call to become a dog, Mm -hmm. you're sent to the temple. Um, and you go to a temple, it's a, a training center. Um, in, in real life Mormon culture, there is a missionary training center. <laughs> um, there are several all over the world. And, uh, um, in the game, you go to the temple, the, the dog temple, and they teach you how to be a dog. You have two months, which is actually also, um, how long I spend in the MTC. Like mm. it, it's, it depends on where you go. Uh, on, in real life, in real Mormonism, uh, if you're going to a country where you speak the language, you get like three weeks. Right. They like, it, it's like, here's the Book of Mormon. Here's everything you need to know. <laughs> it's pretty much just read the paper. Just read the paper. <laughs> Here you go. Get in the plane. See you later. Um, I was there for two months because I learned Spanish. 
um, while I was out there. And so I was there for two months. Um, but yeah, so you go to the, the to the dog temple. They teach you. They kind of like cull the herd in a way. Um, they like kind of weed out the weak. And then they send you out to be a dog. And then you spend a good like two or three years being a dog. And uh, there's no set time for you to be released as a dog. Um, so like every year or so, I think it was, you go back to the temple and if they're going to release you, they're going to release you then. If not, you go back out and you continue to work um, until you eventually come back and they let you go home. Some dogs in the game never uh, are released. They're just dogs forever. And then uh, they eventually come back and they become teachers. But anyway, that's that's just backstory and stuff like that when it comes to okay. like, yeah, how somebody becomes a dog. From from what I know, like the king of life is guiding a lot of yeah. decisions that are being made. So like your steward will probably receive a message mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. in some way explicit that, oh, this person is qualified is, is to qualified. do this is, job. Is qualified okay. to go do the, do the job. Okay. So I'm going to throw down here um, a 1D8 relationship for my mother who fears my calling as a dog Ooh, i love that so she like simultaneously is terrified that i've become a dog and also you know like wants me to come home safe and like you know even though she doesn't she was never a dog she didn't become a dog so it's something she doesn't understand but she it's a complicated thing i mean that's why a lot of people fear things that they don't understand Mm -hmm. so that makes perfect sense and I'm sure being a dog is a goddamn meat grinder. Oh, goodness. <laughs> in so, so many words. In, in, yes. In, in so many words. Yeah, wow. Um, what is your character's name again, Allie? Soraya. Soraya. Okay, I'm going to put a 2d6 for you, for okay. Soraya. I think that was about what I was thinking for you anyway. Do you want me to put you as a 1d6? Do we have a, so if you want to put you as a 2d6, I can put it as a 1d6 and we can be slightly off kilter, which conflict is what drives stories. I mean, yeah. You can. Okay. I'm going to do that. I'll put it as a 1d6. I think because the vibe I'm getting already is that because Benjamin is the muscle, Soraya like needs him to keep her safe. Okay. Kind of a thing. Yeah, that's fine. Soraya. Is it Benjamin P. Pettigrove? Yeah, Benjamin P. What's the P stand for? Paul. I feel like Benjamin calls you a pup. Like he doesn't. We are the same age, Benjamin. But you're so small. <laughs> Like yeah, and you're so big, but I don't call you a bear. You're Come like on. what? Like four foot three? When was the last time you measured something accurately? So maybe like five foot then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Benjamin's like six foot six. He's Ooh, love guy. it. Yeah. He's love just it. he's just huge. Oh, he is when people picture what a dog is. Yeah. He's they the think picture of, of a dog. Yeah. I also feel like Benjamin doesn't. Uh, this, we, this will come with our belongings, but I want Benjamin to have a giant axe. Just this giant wood chopping he's axe. He's Paul Bunyan? Yeah. Like he's, that's what he did. He was a lumberjack. Is that why the P stands for Paul? Yeah. Also, the apostle. Awesome. That's great. That, that's great. Okay. So with that, I think we'll leave open the rest of our relation dice. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to come down to one of the fun parts, and that is belongings. So one thing that everyone has is their dog coat Mm -hmm. it it, yes it is a thing that identifies you as a dog but the coat is the most important thing that you own simply Mm -hmm. because it will keep you alive and if something happens to it you are in a great deal of trouble Mm -hmm. um it's also like probably going to be a little bit personal too Mm -hmm. because it not only identifies you as a dog but it identifies you as you yeah Mm mm-hmm 
And after that, any special uh, thing that you have, um, I think, is, is, is something you would want to throw in. The game, like the character sheets printed out with like some pretty generic stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys should definitely have guns. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that, you know. Whatever. Whatever you want. That's pretty sparse. So I know in the game it talks about a certain number of dice, not number of dice, but like D4, D6, D8. Uh, you assign that to a item and it gives it like like 1D6 if it's normal, 2D6 if it's excellent, 1D8 if it's big, like yeah. that sort of thing. Um, do we have any, uh, oh gosh, my word just went on my head, any restrictions on, on the number of dice that we... Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know how quickly I can get in over my head on this. Uh-huh. So what I will say uh-huh. is let's have you create one normal thing, mm-hmm. uh, one thing that's excellent, one mm-hmm. thing that's big. Okay, nice. Would it be okay? Because it says 2d8 if it's excellent plus big, if I had an axe that's 2d8. Yes. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to allow it. Yeah. I'm going to name it Samson. You said you wanted us to have one normal, one excellent? Uh yeah, one one normal, one excellent, one big. Okay, yeah. so there there is one big. Okay, I'm gonna count my axe as my excellent and my big thing. So which is perfect. Yeah, uh, which means I need one normal thing. One normal thing. I'm gonna have um pause pocket watch. It's one d six. Perfect. I'm having a hard time to coming up with a big item. And if you don't like, I mean, if you don't feel like it's appropriate for your character to have a big item, you can always. You know, add another normal item or something like that. Balance okay. it out. I'm not too picky. Can also add a crappy hat. Gotta have a crappy hat. Yeah. One D four. One D four. Ma's hat. So it's my it's my mother's hat. <laughs> um it it's a man's hat, but it's the one that my mother wore. <laughs> the man's hat that my mother wore. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a lady's hat? No, this is a man's hat that my mother wore. It's very different. Confusion. It's very different. I could see how there's be- probably some lingering femininity on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the flower embroidered on the front of it. Look, all right. Aww. Imagine it's one of those like push up brim hats, mm-hmm. like on the front. It's got like a, it's got a small like daisy embroidered. It's my mother's name, Perfect. Daisy. Okay, so I've got uh, a one d six, a normal knife, just like a utility sort of. Knife. Um, I have a normal leather wide-brimmed hat for keeping the sun out of my face. And I I grabbed a, a 2D6 excellent nice dress Oh, that I took with me in case I needed it for something. That's a mighty fine knife dress. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mighty fine knife. I mean, that knife is, oh. Is the, all right. the knife's all right. Knife's it doesn't all right. quite That's fit right. that, the dress. That dress, that though. dress. <laughs> What's it look like? It's blue. It's kind of got lace on it. Ooh. How ostentatious. Not a, little, not a lot of lace, just like at the collar. I just hope you don't fall into vanity. Yeah, that sounds what? like. Yeah, you're. That's great. You're I'm... begging for some vanity <laughs> at that point. In my head, you're... it's it, her mother sent it with her. Like so that she would be respectable looking in the because I imagine she doesn't wear a dress when she's out riding and doing. Oh, that's true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what was going through my head. So you wear it Sundays? Yes, that is a Sunday dress. It's point of contention. It's a diplomacy dress. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. 
Um, with that, uh, we have one more step here, I think, after belongings. The sixth and final step, accomplishment. Oh, that's right. <laughs> All right. Say something that you hope your character accomplished during initiation. So that's, that's step one. Uh, there's going to be two, which is going to have several parts to it, and three. So what is something... Uh, that you hope your character managed to do during and like Drew, I think this is really interesting for your character because mm-hmm. you, you're a convert. Yeah, that must have been called to be a dog very, very quickly yeah. after joining the church. Mm-hmm. Mm. I can imagine that. Yeah, so it's it's one of those like converted was maybe in their in their congregation for like a month, and then the steward says we'd like you to be a dog. So it's one of those like quick quick mm-hmm. things so it's it's almost like i'd like to read the book right yeah <laughs> or or i'd like to to learn doctrine or i feel like there's a better way of saying it but but there's something i think it has to do with his trying to like he he doesn't feel prepared i mm. hope i deserve to be here i hope i deserve to be here that's yeah. perfect that's a good yeah, yeah. cuz like you are Every community that you go into, almost except for like the central communities, you have stewardship over. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> like it's all, all of a sudden you're like, oh, which is actually really interesting for for actual Mormon missionaries who go out and they who are like recent converts. That happens because they'll go to places where the church is not as strong, and all of a sudden they are seen as the authority. And it's and you're like you're like this 19 year old kid who's suddenly like, well, the bishop's going to come and talk to you about stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> and and so it it's hard. I like that a lot. Let's Perfect. let's go with that. Do I deserve to be here? All right. And Allie, what what about you? What's something you hope? I hope that during initiation, I held my ground and proved that I can fight. Perfect. Because I think that's her big thing. Is she's absolutely terrified that she's going to go out there and have to fight people all the time. That's why they put you with me. Yeah. Okay, so it seems now that we have these hopes for you guys, we're going to be picking a pivotal moment uh, that relates to those hopes, and we're actually going to play that out before Mm -hmm. we even start the game. So I think, Allie, yours to me is the most straightforward. Mm -hmm. Okay. You hope that you can stand your ground in a fight or or you're able yeah. to hold your own. Yeah. This is interesting. Uh, I, I know that there is setting information for dogs, but I do want us to have ownership of this game and feel like we can uh, really be free to make the assumptions that we need to make. So what do you think combat training is like uh, mm. for dogs, especially considering that you're a lady? dogs are sort of a little bit unsexed in the setting. Like Mm -hmm. there are Mm -hmm. certain expectations that people have of you, but you're also all expected to fight when you have to fight and they're going to train you that way. Mm -hmm. What, what's that experience like for you? What is it? What is the, what is the Mormon like army training look like? (laughs) (laughs) You also have to fight demons. I mean, I think, I think it's basic stuff like, Riding and shooting and, you know, using a knife and using tools to get what you need to to be done, um, like, in the field. As far as, like, combat, I think it's a lot of hand-to-hand. I think it's obviously the shooting comes into it as a factor. Um, Probably shooting from horseback, 
fighting people hand to hand, maybe using a knife in that hand to hand combat. Um, okay, I think pretty uh, standard basic stuff, right? I, I think I've got it. So you are sitting atop the back of a horse. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it's a warm day. You know, you're 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 dressed down a bit. Uh, you are looking across a small stretch uh, of what looks from the outside like buildings and shops. But of course, this is a sort of mock area, mock town set up for training dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, you're looking across this dusty field where certain landmarks have been laid, and you're thinking about what is going to happen to you at the end of this course. After a short minute, uh, you hear a gunshot, and with that, you know it's time to start. Uh, During the riding portion, uh, what does it look like to you? What do you do? There are things on the fake balconies and things on the ground level um, about a man's average height um, that I'm supposed to hit as targets Mm -hmm. while riding. And so the starting gunshot is I have to kick the horse to a gallop zero to 60 or whatever right um and 60 take off. miles per hour that's yeah you know what i like, mean like a horse like a, <laughs> you know what i mean um just take off full start um and hit as many of the targets as i can without stopping and without losing my seat on the horse since this is sort of a clinical and personally removed challenge for you i mm-hmm. think this is something that you excelled at and have always excelled at yeah. uh, throughout training. Um, you, your horse go, jerks you forward. Uh, you firmly tighten your legs around its body, lean forward, and uh, draw from your hip your mm-hmm. pistol. Uh, these are single-action revolvers, and they're also massive. The weight of this gun uh, hits you heavily as the horse bounces you uh, through this town. You manage to take a firm breath, pull back the hammer, and fire, hitting your first target perfectly. Um, it Your horse rounds a quick corner, uh, and it gives you just enough time to pull back the other hammer uh, and fire off the second round of ammunition, again, hitting the target. Um, after the riding portion uh, comes... The part right before the part that you dread the most, the the part that you know is going to meet you at the end. Mm -hmm. You have to swing your leg off your horse and you are in front of a building. The door stands firm uh, and closed before you. How do you get in? Uh, I shoot the lock and I kick the door in. Oh, man. Not one for subtlety. Maybe a little... Maybe a little flair. You, you'll have to watch yourself on that. Is this is this pride that I'm feeling? <laughs> it's actually fear. Like <laughs> if I do this now and I do it like this, I can keep going. Is really what drives her, I think. And you get in. Uh, you see, <laughs> you see uh, a bundle of like hay uh, made up to look like a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and standing over them is uh, one of your instructors who, uh, 
much to your horror, you did not know this was going to happen. Uh, the school has done their best to make this man look like a demon. Yeah, that's what I was afraid you were going to say. Boy, oh boy, sure. In retrospect, probably in a better lit area, this looks a little bit ridiculous. But to you, the devil himself stands before you. Mm -hmm. Uh, So with that, I am going to call for a roll. Oh. You have to fight this uh, person hand-to-hand. Um. Choose two stats uh, that you feel are appropriate. I think I'm supposed to choose the stats, mm-hmm. but uh, you know what? If you think uh, you're fighting with heart versus or will or however you think you're doing this, um, I'm willing to listen. I think the fear is so high that it has to be will, which sucks for me. Um all right, you've got your will. Um, what is your second stat that you're backing up will with? Is it body? Is this your strength? Or is this whole fight a mental fight? Have you prepared your body enough that it doesn't matter how strong you are? What matters is that you can endure it. Yeah, I'm thinking that it's about, like like you said, endurance or like making it through like spiritually. Okay. Um, so I think maybe heart... Yeah, roll your will and your heart. So I need that many dice, Um, right? Yes, yes. And for d6s, I've got them in this bowl here. So that's two d6 for the will, and then four d6 for the heart. So I just roll them all together? Uh, Yes. And, oh, do you have any traits that you think are applicable? Oh, um, uh, scared of violent confrontation. That's one D4. Hey, there we go. Add that D4 in there. Thank you. Um, I don't know. Do you think I'm a dog counts here? Well, in this situation, you're not a dog, a dog yet, yet, but... I'm going to be a dog. Yeah, if you think your character has, like, true conviction in her heart that this is the calling that she was made to to do, then absolutely if she believes the king of life got it right i should be a dog i need to pass this test i'm thinking either that or sweet-faced and underestimated Ooh, which i think that might be more interesting okay yeah go for it yeah you're, you're using some treachery in this i like it so this is a 1d8 1d8 right there thank you so i roll all of these magnificent dice together correct it's mm-hmm. a lot of dice And I am going to add another layer of drama to this. I'm going to add to your teacher's role a D4 trait that is, I don't know if I believe women should do this work. What? Yeah. There it is. Okay. So the way this is going to work, you will order your dice Mm -hmm. um, and we will be uh, bidding and raising in a fashion similar to poker. Okay. Uh, and it's going to be beat by beat, uh, w- breaking happening? down what's happening in the okay. fight. Um, so you can use two high dice together um, and make it so that I have to work a lot in order to see uh, what your action is. However, that might leave you more vulnerable for later on in the fight. Mm-hmm. Um so with that, uh, the person who initiates the conflict is the first person to take two dice and say a thing that is happening. Say what is happening in the moment. And then I will respond with my C. Okay. 
So is that first action called a raise? Is that uh, that that first action like you're ponying up like in a sense? Yeah. Okay. That's just playing. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Okay. So I guess I run in there. I mean, well, so I've got my gun still. That's correct. Also, one thing that I got to point out strategy-wise, if your opponent is able to uh, call uh, your raise with a single die, Mm -hmm. that die will count for two in their raise. So you don't want to leave yourself like in a position where they might just be able to get you with with a single die. Okay. It's a tough it's a tough this strategy is, yeah, game. Yeah, I need to figure this out. Okay. Um is start is, small. Start small. Okay. Yeah. Is the teacher like prepped for me? Like are they like waiting and ready or am I surprising them? Um I think I think you have surprised them by shooting the lock off the door and kicking <laughs> it in. Okay. Um but also this is like a thing that they've been doing for students all day. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to run into the room and grab a chair. <laughs> You're already escalating this conflict. Yeah. Okay. So when... It's fear, guys. It's all fear. <laughs> uh, so you have the option now, if you would like to, uh, because you're escalating, mm-hmm. uh, you have the option of re-rolling your dice. The two that I picked, or um, any amount of your dice. Uh, so when you escalate a conflict, like mm-hmm. a conflict, start out hand to hand, then they add oh, weapons, that. then they go to guns. That's fear. the consequences okay. get more severe as you go. Great. Uh, so awesome. Good start. <laughs> Just flat out open the door, grab the chair. <laughs> this is adrenaline and terror. Okay. Um. Okay, so I can re-roll a couple of these is what you're mm-hmm. saying. Wow. I, and I can't remember if you're allowed to keep your old ones, but I also do not want to take the time to look it up. Okay, so I'm just going to pick a couple and re-roll them. Yep. Okay. Nice. Well, that that looks like a mighty fine roll. Better for me, yeah, okay. So which two are you putting forward for this action? I'm doing these two. All right, a seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I like the idea of him taking a little bit of little bit of damage here to oppose your seven um your teacher lets out a surprised cry (laughs) as you kick in the door you see his demonic visage and to you that is the devil himself staring you down Mm -hmm. um uh you (laughs) you pick up a chair in the room and are you hurling at it it at him or are you like slamming him with it I'm going to slam him with it. Uh, you slam him with it. He raises his arms to defend himself and uh, gets pushed back into the wall by you uh, letting out a strong battle cry. Um, he gets knocked to the knocked to the side a little bit. He's not put on his ass or anything like that, but he's surprised. He definitely uh, hurt his arm a little bit when you hit him with that chair. Mm -hmm. I have to defend with three dice. Mm -hmm. Um, When you defend with three dice, uh, they become consequence dice. Um, So I will have to roll d6s of consequence dice after this conflict. Um, So don't worry about about that. that. We'll talk about that later. Um, But now I have to raise... um, because I called your attack. Um, I think you made this guy a little bit mad. Um, Probably. 
I don't know which teacher this is, too, so this is not going to go well. Yeah, well. For me. Yeah, I don't know. In, that the, he, in the long he, run. Uh, looking at the dice spread, he can't beat you. So uh, <laughs> he puts forward a nine with an attack. After being uh, backed into the wall, uh, he lunges forward and grabs your arm mm-hmm. uh, and... Uh, hits it with his other arm, swings it around, striking you in the chest, knocking the wind out of you a little bit. Uh, He then grabs your throat pretty firmly, and I will ask for you to see my rays. So what does that mean now? I just take... So So you had a nine. I have nine. So if you can match it, you will see it. Uh, with new dice or in addition with to new what dice. I already have? So okay. in it, so like with these dice have been used. So they are gone. they are gone. Okay. Um. So you gotta take from your pool of dice that you already have and see it. Excellent. So you see with ten. Raise. So you're already raising one. Yep. Um. But what what do you what do you do? Um. He's got you by the throat and the arm. It's a knee to the groin. There we go. <laughs> he grabs me by the throat, and I freeze for a hot second, and then the knee comes up between his legs real hard. Perfect. Raise it. With more dice? Yeah. Okay. Because you, you got you to gotta have another two to raise. Oh, okay. I see. The only time uh, you wouldn't raise is if you had helped someone previous round. Mm-hmm. Uh, if one of your friends is in trouble, you can, or somebody's in trouble, you can always take one of the dice. Uh, if you're involved in a conflict, take one of the dice you would have used and give it to them instead, which will leave you with one die okay. for your next seer raise. Then I guess I'll put this three in here. All right. And one, it's, it's one more. You're, you're raising with two. Oh, I see. Here's a five. Here's All right. So eight. So nine total. Yes. So you go back with nine. Boy, oh boy, this fella only had uh, eight dice left. So you hit him with a knee in the groin. Um, he buckles down to his knees um he looks up at you and you see in his face all the evil and the malice in the world um those blazing eyes of satan channeled through this uh humanoid form and you see that you're towering over it uh for all the violence that you feared you are now in this situation you've Mm -hmm. triumphed uh in, in the strength of your arm and the strength of your heart how do you finish this person? He's on his knees. He's on his knees. I do one of those kicks where the leg comes around, and I get him like on the back between the shoulder blades and drop him to the floor on his face. You hammer kick him? Yeah. Boom. Uh, he hits the ground with a satisfying thud. Uh... Oh, boy. He... <laughs> Did I kill my teacher? This was training. You didn't you didn't kill him. Okay. Uh, but he does spend a long time recovering. Like some of your teachers are like tut tutting like that is an extreme use of force. <laughs> and others are like one of them's just going, the scenario was there was a demon. <laughs> so I think she used just the right amount of force. <laughs> and uh like there, there, there are stories told about it to this day. Uh, they change the way they do it because of uh, what happened to this man. But also, like, there are some folks that went, he had a little bit of pride running into that <laughs> conflict, and the king of life set him right. 
Warriors! Wizards! One Shot! On Sunday, February 26th, the One Shot Podcast Network will be opening up the Dungeon Dome. A live-streamed gladiatorial role-playing event. The finest in fantasy sports entertainment. Four tag teams of fierce adventurers will be locked in the Dungeon Dome. An enormous arena full of deadly traps. Only one team can be crowned the Dungeon Dome Tag Team Champions. The only way out is victory or death save. The Dungeon Dome will feature some of your favorite one-shot talent, including Allie Barthwell and Liz Anderson as The Murderer. Alex Manich and Courtney Crary as The Micanoids. Mike McDowell and Stephen Kropa as The Compass Cats. And Patrick O'Rourke and Aram Varshian of Godsfall as A Mystery Team. Let's hear from one of the teams now. All right, I am coming to you live from the Dungeon Dome locker rooms. I'm sitting here with the Compass Cats. Yes! yes. We are the Compass Cats. Yes, our directions point both east, west, north, and south. Uh, could you introduce yourselves really quick? I would love to introduce myself to all of these people who are watching on their different scrying circles. I am Small Benjamin of the Cliffs of Aramar where I do serve the Pale Moon Queen, Felicia, who is a beautiful undead princess queen. And I, too, would like to introduce myself. I am Percival, the Unwavering. I, too, hail from the Cliffs of Aramore and serve the Pale Moon Queen, Felicia. Now, does it worry you at all? You're going up against two mystery opponents. Uh, mystery is all the better for small Benjamin. You see, I do favor that, which is a roll of a dice. Or a shake of a cup filled with dice. Yes, for I have no fear. For when I introduce these mystery opponents to my longbow named Strongbow and my short sword named Rough Tongue, they shall feel the bite of a thousand little fangs. And I also have names for my weapons. And they are? Both of my curved blades, or scimitars, are known as Grandpa 1 and Grandpa 2. Uh, now, is that... In remembrance of a family member of yours, or... I don't understand your question. They're both grandpas. Oh, like like as in a cat's paw. Like as in my paw. Now, I I have a question, because you do come from the land of Aramore. The Cliffs Uh, cliffs of of Aramore. The Cliffs of Aramore. It's not a land. It's just cliffs. It's just cliffs. There are many cliffs and dells. Just to clarify, is everybody cats? Mm. There's everybody cat people. Well, there's a there's an awful lot of cats, cat people. Yes, okay, it's but you're, a, you're both two cat people. We are no, we yes, we are Tabaxi. Yes, there are uh, there's a fancy amount of cats there. However, there's about forty one cats, give or take, different 40, ages. Okay. They are split. They are split between our West Legions and our East Legions. Yes, many of them do find their way into our elite squadrons. So everybody's vampires, but not everybody's cats. Correct. Much like a rectangle and a square can be defined. Or a rhombus and a triangle. Okay. I have um, gray fur. What hashtag have you chosen for people to put out when they tweet their support of the Compass Cats? Well, we also have a PayPal. It's Mike Mike Migdal at PayPal. They can send their support. Or chase QuickPay to Stephen Kropa. <laughs> yes, that was much better than any any hashtag. However, hashtag the Compass Cats. Hashtag the Compass Cats. Hashtag Pale Moon Queen. Hashtag Pale Moon Queen and hashtag for Queen Felicia. The prize for winning the Dungeon Dome is a wish. Ooh. What do you intend to spend your wish on should you win? So many things are 
prowling through my mind right now. Yes, yes. There seems to be a stalkingness in my mind to pounce upon a single wish. Hmm. Uh, Ideas are climbing up my mind tree and perching from the branches. I'm scratching at something and nearly will fine-tune what it will be. My idea tongue is licking my idea (laughs) fur. I would... Like all of my student loans paid. Mm, oh, ooh, ooh. ooh, I like that one as well. Or what about to be 20 feet tall? I would better serve Queen Felicia in that state. I would be a giant freaking warrior. Crush the heads of ne'er-do-wells that do make their way to the cliffs of Aramor with the express desire of slitting our queen's throat. Yes, and we much easier to grasp birds up in the sky. Oh, yes. That would the be tiny good bones. as well. Percival, do you also mm-hmm. do you also desire to be 20 feet taller? I desire to be 21 feet to better serve the Queen of Aramor. You outdo me, brother. You go too far. Oh. If they want to, uh, they can just tweet with hashtag the compass cats, hashtag pale moon queen, hashtag queen Felicia. Hashtag for, for the, the honor of queen for Felicia. For the honor of queen Felicia. Hashtag Our for the queen. honor. Queen of the Cliffs of Aramor. It's the Pale Moon Queen of the Pale Moon Palace. I drink a little saucer of blood every day. Yes, I lap it up, much like I will lap up the victories in the Dungeon Dome. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you forget there were vampire cats? Be sure to tune into the Dungeon Dome, February 26th, starting at 12 p.m. at twitch.tv slash RPG. So now we cut over to Benjamin and talk about his accomplishment. Once again, your hope is that you are cut out to do this. Cut out to do it, yeah. My first question as we sort of try and set this scene up, because this is a little bit more involved mm-hmm. and like metaphysical than uh, am I am I able to you know last in a fight. Um, why did Benjamin convert? What what prompted him? So I imagine that. Benjamin's been a, uh, a lumberjack all his life, and uh, he grew up in like the the Pacific Northwest in the in the woods out there. Um, his parents died when he was in a, his when he was a teen, and so um, he left. His brother, his younger brother Jimmy, stayed stayed in 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 the Pack West to continue with the the lumber camp. Um, but uh, he wanted to get a more lucrative job in the Sawtooth Mountains of Idaho. And so he goes out there, and one, one winter, uh, Ben got stupid, probably drunk, too, um, and uh, ended up uh, in the middle of nowhere during a blizzard. And um, what happened is that two dogs find him and pull him, pull him to safety. And, and like, it's a, it's a big blizzard. So they basically like hunker down for about a week trying to like make sure that he's okay and to stay alive. And during that week, he sees things he can't explain and he learns things that he didn't know that he needed to know. And, uh, and then very quickly after that week is converted, um, to the, to the Lord of life. And then uh, immediately gives up his his uh, his drinking, smoking, womanizing ways. Heads heads to you know heads to the vineyard. Heads to where all the people are for this religion, and uh, wants to like set up. He's in this like mountain little town, this little congregation, 
And immediately, like, the steward pulls him aside, maybe like a month into him being there, and is like, we'd like you to go be a dog. Man. And so, like, I imagine Ben is is in his, like, late 20s. Like, he's not a young man. Mm-hmm. And so he's showing up to to this to the dog temple with people that have been members their whole lives and know everything there is to know and he barely knows what's going on all he knows all he has conviction of is that it like this is true and that the dogs are great and like they're out here to do god's work and that's that's what i want to do um so he's he's ex- he's excited to be a dog but he's also like terrified of it and and Benjamin P. Penny, uh, Pettigrove's never been afraid of anything. And this is the first time that he actually has like some sort of fear. And I feel like this, this, uh, this test is that he goes to a small, a small congregation and they let him run the entire Sunday meeting. Like, it, which, which involves like the blessing of a child um, during it. So he has to like get up there do everything he needs to do. He needs to like give a small sermon. He needs to perform a couple of rites, like pray. He needs to do all of that in front of maybe like 20 people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. I think that's it. Um, I don't know how I would beat by beat take that out. Yeah. Um, because normally it's like against the land or against another person. person yeah. So I, I'm going to say, and also for, for the sake of time, Let's let's do this cinematically. Mm-hmm. Um, how how does he feel standing in front of those people? Like their eyes are boring into him, and he can see, like you know, there are children in the audience because he's got a blessed child, right? Yeah. So he knows that that child looking mm-hmm. at him knows more of scripture, knows more of the word than he does, yeah. and yet here he is. Yeah, in charge. In doing charge. The thing. So I imagine Ben standing there. I imagine it's this this little like one room room place. Windows are open. It's like a spring day, so it's pretty. Um, and Ben's standing there, and his head's like scraping the top of the top of the ceiling. <laughs> and he's wearing he's he's there like standing at the pulpit. Like his hands are like way down there, like on it, and he's terrified. Um, again, Benjamin P. Penny. Pettigrew's never been afraid of anything, but he's the first time in his life where he feels his knees involuntary shaking. He, his hands are, are clammy as he's standing there looking out at this, at men and women and children that, that know more than he does, and yet he's the one who's supposed to, to guide these people today. And it's terrifying. Absolutely the scariest moment in his life. And he's like, you know, jumped out of trees and, yeah. and fought tons of men and like killed people <laughs> like it's it's terrifying so uh he's mumbling his way through it mm-hmm. um th- there's a lot of the room can't hear him uh some of the people like men women and children all uh looking at him with a little bit of fear because here's <laughs> this so big. this is they didn't know they made people that big <laughs> and yet here you are oh good lord does what he does standing over the room um and i think the seminal moment is when he has to bless a child Mm -hmm. and the kid is terrified as well Mm -hmm. uh he does not want to go up next to you Mm -hmm. and receive this blessing Mm. um and 
you know that he he needs this blessing. Oh yeah, he absolutely needs. Is he this. sick? Do you think he's? Is it like a healing blessing or is it like a? Oh man, yeah. Why not just pile it all on? Yeah, yeah it's got to be go. a healing blessing. The how, kid, how bad is the kid paralyzed, <laughs> or is he sick? I don't think paralyzed. I think it could get worse. Okay, you know, like it's one of those moments where kids get sick all the time. And sometimes they get sick and bounce back, and sometimes they get sick and that's it. Mm. Uh, so the weight of the world is on your shoulders right yeah. now. This blessing and you performing it is the difference between life and death mm-hmm. for this kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right then. So uh, I hear we're uh, supposed to. Bless a little boy today. Um, his name's uh, Matthew. Marcus. His name's Marcus. <laughs> um, if you'd like to bring Marcus forward, we'll um, we'll consecrate him with the uh, with the consecrated earth, and uh, we'll um, we'll heal him. So uh, his mother comes out hold, holding his hand. He is pale. And it's clear that he is not all together. Um, and he does not want to go. Like, she is pulling him forward forcefully. Um, like, so Ben, not knowing what else to do, gets down on his knees <laughs> to mm-hmm. be slightly yeah. smaller. <laughs> and is like, you can, you can bring it's It's all right. Um, I'll just. I'll just kneel here. He like kind of kneels, and even at kneeling, he's yeah. like still too he's big. He's still a gigantic. He's still man. a gigantic wide man. Um, but his mother, you know, very firm, is not a fan of any nonsense. Pulls him forward and presents his child, who is shaking, probably for more than one reason, mm-hmm. uh, in front of you. Okay, so is he fidgety? Is he like? Is he like? Is is he is he trying to get away? I guess that's the... he's not trying to run. Okay, uh, he's now sort of like at the point where he's frozen in place. Frozen in place. Okay. Um. Ben reaches into the into the the jar of dirt, um, that he has, and he pulls out way too much. Yeah. Um, and basically, like, covers this kid's head in 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 consecrated dirt. There are some people in the room who are trying to stifle a bit of laughter, which just makes it worse. Yeah, of course it does. Like Ben, like he's like, oh, what's that? And like he he like dusts his hands off mm-hmm. and like on his like clothes as well. Yep. And um, you know, reaches down, he puts his hands on on the kid, and. Uh, begins to to recite the blessing um as he begins to recite it and all the while he's trying to remember the words that he's supposed to say Mm -hmm. like there's a particular thing he's supposed to say and he's he's like i uh with the um uh and like the steward is there and he like nudges him and goes authority Mm -hmm. the, the authority which i have been given um uh, and at what point, when you're stumbling to find the words, you know, when when you're anointing this child, at what point do you find the will of the King of Life? Mm-hmm. At what point does because something that needs to be made clear about dogs in the vineyard is that 
everything here is very real. Yeah. All these healing powers are very real. And if it goes right, this child will be healed. Where do you find that? I think there's a moment where he's trying to stumble through everything. And there's a moment where he stops talking and the room is deathly still and he's quiet for longer than is, than is comfortable. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I feel like he, he feels someone put their hands on his shoulders and, and whisper in his ear exactly what he's supposed to say. Yeah. And he feels, he feels this, this warmth and light kind of like run through his hands and down, down to, to young Marcus. And he, he's no longer stooped over. He's no longer, his hands aren't shaking anymore. He straightens up and everything goes quiet. And like the, the panic that was reaching in the back of his head suddenly is gone. And he says the words. And he says them perfectly. Yeah. And he says them perfectly and then commands the kid to be healed. And like that, we, we notice us in the room that uh, no, one, no one was close enough to him to be putting their hands on his shoulders. Um, and that kid, like a light flick, uh, switch has been flipped uh, there's brightness in his face, in his cheeks. You know, he, he coughs a little bit as, as he leaves, um, but he bounces right back. Um, and it is, you've done some tremendous things in your life, Benjamin. You have done things that uh, no normal man could have done. And you've done things that uh, really any normal person would be proud of, but seeing that kid run around after that was the greatest accomplishment you have ever had in your entire life. Hmm. Um, and that is when you knew that you do belong as a dog. Do belong. So. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So how does that manifest when it comes to, like, so we, we made that accomplishment. That accomplishment is, is that manifested in any way in the game? Or? Um, it appears let's see here you get a new d6 trait oh yeah is it 1d6 yep 1d6 mm-hmm. 1d6 okay and when y'all have picked it uh we'll read out what those traits are before we actually get started on the game so after that my new trait is i help the lord of life heal that boy i belong yeah 1d6 I just wrote, uh, I am a true force for the king of life in a fight, 1d6. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Even though it scares me. (laughs) Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week. But don't worry, we'll be back next week with more Dogs in the Vineyard. And be sure to stick around to the end of the show to hear another promo for the Dungeon Dome. We'll be streaming the Dungeon Dome live February 26th from the Pocket Dimension in Chicago, starting at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. Be sure to join us for this competitive and interactive D&D 5th edition event. It'll be starring some of your favorite one-shot talent, 
including Allie Barthwell, Liz Anderson, Alex Manich, Courtney Crary, Mike Migdahl, Stephen Kropa, Pat O'Rourke, and Aram Varshin from God's Fall. Once again, that is February 26th, starting at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time at twitch.tv slash oneshotrpg. You can get a reminder by subscribing to OneShot on Twitch or by signing up for the event in the OneShot Facebook group. And while you're waiting for the Dungeon Dome to come out, you can listen to some of the other fantastic programs we have on the OneShot Podcast Network. Design Doc started as a podcast about designing a role-playing game. Over the years, it's turned into so much more. It's a show about the challenges of burnout, making money from creative projects, and what goes into bringing a game to life. Come along with Hannah and Evan in a living documentation of the game design process. One review described it as the audio equivalent of taking a hike with a good friend. You can search for Design Doc on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Including Modifier. Host Megan Dornbrock talks to amateur home brewers and professional game designers about how changing the rules changes the way we play. Listen to fascinating and insightful discussions with some of the most innovative minds in the hobby. Heroes, your action item for this week is standing up to political corruption. Donald Trump has a staggering amount of conflicts of interest tied to his businesses, more than any American president in history. He has also been openly hostile when confronted with ethical standards. All this combined with his murky ties to the Russian government creates a leader who simply cannot be trusted to represent the public that he's supposed to serve. One of the best ways to push back is to call and email your representatives and let them know that you are not comfortable with Donald Trump's conflicts of interest. Calling and emailing is easier than you think and more effective than you can imagine. OneShot is a proud partner in the Chicago Podcast Co-op. If you're an advertiser looking to reach an engaged Chicago audience, be sure to contact the co-op about advertising opportunities. And if you're a listener who wants to find a new show, be sure to check out Talking Games. Each week, Chicago comedians Tim Dunn, Clayton Margison, and Kellen Terrett team up with a special guest to discuss their thoughts and feelings on the world of video games. As always, a big thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend about the show. You can also leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. If you want to hear more from the show, be sure to follow us on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod. Check out our Tumblr at OneShotPodcast.tumblr.com. Check out our Google Plus community. Or look for news on the site at oneshotpodcast.com. If you're looking to inquire about advertising rates, live appearances, and commissioning episodes, or you have a question or comment about something you heard on the show, contact us at gamemaster at oneshotpodcast.com. One Shot is a joint production between Peaches and Hot Sauce and Paracosm Press. Peaches and Hot Sauce is a Chicago-based comedy network with tons of great podcasts, videos, and live shows for you to check out at peachesandhotsauce.com. Finally, that music, which is right now swelling up over my voice, is Be Your Own Pet with Adventure, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes!
Wizards! Wizards! One Shot! On Sunday, February 26th, the One Shot Podcast Network will be opening up the Dungeon Dome. A live-streamed gladiatorial role-playing event. The finest in fantasy sports entertainment. Four tag teams of fierce adventurers will be locked in the Dungeon Dome. An enormous arena full of deadly traps. Only one team can be crowned the Dungeon Dome Tag Team Champions. The only way out is victory or death save. The Dungeon Dome will feature some of your favorite one-shot talent, including Allie Barthwell and Liz Anderson as The Murderer. Alex Manich and Courtney Crary as The Micanoids. Mike McDowell and Stephen Kropa as The Compass Cats. And Patrick O'Rourke and Aram Varshian of Godsfall as A Mystery Team. Let's hear from one of the teams now. All right, everyone, for the Dungeon Dome, I am here with the Micah Noise. Free the noise. Free the noise. Free the noise, Micah Noise. Uh... Guys, I'm really excited to be sitting here with you for your Dungeon Dome premiere coming up. Are you guys excited? Are you pumped? Oh! We're beyond excited. You don't even understand what we're feeling right now. Secure the galactic perimeter. I'm feeling like... Open your third eye My to the third world. eye is so open right now. It's engorged. Now, we know that Mykonoid fans... <coughs> Mykonoid... Wow, that sounds really close to what the murder does. Uh, they do a, a sort of yelp. I've heard shout. what the murder does, and the murder does not free the noise. That's an accusation. They call like birds that are trapped in a cage. We're not trapped. The path of the king leads through the barren forest. It leads straight to destiny. Galactic orgasmic. Through us and only us, we destroy the murder. Okay, well, we know that fans of the Mykonoids are engorged. They're mm. fully engorged for your upcoming bout. Hashtag, Hashtag fully engorged. Mm, yes, that's, that's how right. we like them. That's our hashtag is fully engorged. Fans of the Mykonoids, if you want to get involved in the pre-Dungeon Dome argument over who is going to win the Dungeon Dome conflict, the first Dungeon Dome battle, uh, if you support the Mykonoids, you can put hashtag fully engorged on your or tweets. Also, hashtag free the noise. Or hashtag open your third eye. Open it, 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 open it. You guys have a plethora of hashtags to choose from. Now, the murder has made quite a stir on the lower circuits. Yeah. Uh, especially Just the Miz uh, has made a real splash with a lot of the smaller communities in New Celia. Are you guys intimidated at all by the fighting record that the murder brings to the ring? Circuits, lower circuits, synapses firing. Under heavy duress, synapses, synapses, synapses. Breathe the noise. 
Wow, I think that really speaks for itself. <laughs> I, I know that there are probably a lot of murder fans hearing that and just being worried about, about their favorite competitors. Tell me, are, are there any like special moves that you plan to employ that will guarantee you victory against the murder on February 26th? I like to kill people in very violent ways. Okay. And my uh, partner here, Dwyer from the mountain, likes to turn into a giant snake. I am the Lizard King, Reptile King Cobra. I bite, my venom will send you transcending galactic perimeters. It's nice to be bitten, but it leads to death. Okay, okay. Uh, we're in a position where a lot of people in New Celia know about you guys, have heard about you guys. You're legendary fighters there. But in the Earthen realm, the people watching on the one-shot Twitch stream don't know much about you, about your prowess as warriors. Could you take a moment just to introduce yourselves real quick? They'll know about us when they try little baggies that are being passed around to every school and every and every home currently. They've got a picture of a mushroom and a giant snake wrapped around it. Yeah, I hear the new education secretary is pretty wild about that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Eat those up, babies, and feel the noise. Open your third eye, fully engorged. My name is Salvas of the Forest. This is my dealer. <laughs> Dwyer of the Mountain. Oh! Again, that yelping that you do is very, very similar <laughs> to the murders yelping. I, I think, call, I, if I recall. I mean, they do call, but it sounds very similar to, like, people. Get out of the path of the king! Now you've gotten him started. And tell us more about this path of the king. You've referenced it several times so far in this interview. It travels in three and four dimensions. Upways, sideways, mayways, splayways, hayways, And you guys are sponsored by the mapping service Waze. Is that correct? <laughs> That's correct. We're also sponsored by Taco Bell. <laughs> Late night munchies. Get Open up your fourth meal. Engorge your meal. <laughs> and of course, the question that we have to ask all of our competitors as they head into the Dungeon Dome. If you manage to win the first battle of the Dungeon Dome and get your prize, a wish, what are you going to wish for? We want to have everyone in the world feel what's pumping through our bloodstreams right now. If we can get out the message of the mic noise, bring more people in, grow a family, maybe a farm. We wish for everyone to open up their third eye. Transcend. Wow. Very generous wish. Once again, this was the Mike Noise. If you want to support them in the weeks leading up to the first Dungeon Dome, be sure to tweet with the following hashtags. Free the noise, fully engorged. And what was the other one? Open, Open the, the third, third eye. eye. That's right, guys. We'll see you on February 26th for The Dungeon Dome. Ah! Be sure to tune into The Dungeon Dome, February 26th, starting at 12 p.m. at twitch.tv slash one shot RPG.